All right. Is that good? Doing it? All right. Got a treat for you, YFTers, today. You're going to be hanging with the boys. Brandy's in Tulum, living her best life, posting bikini selfies left and right, willy-nilly, showing off that farm bod. But guess what? Don't worry. We're going to be bringing in your boy, John Krasinski, a.k.a. Derek Paith. One of my best friends in the world. Can't wait to chat with him, do some... Um, Hello, Derek. This is your grandmother calling to make sure you're doing okay and eating plenty of food and drinking plenty of water. Gotta stay hydrated. Let's call him up. Let's do the damn thing. Look at us with our guitars in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're those guys that aren't really that great at guitar, but we have them out so people think there's a chance he could be great at guitar. Here's the thing. You need to know maybe two songs decently well that are like not 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 like chord jammer songs you know i'm talking about like you need to know a couple of little fiddly things you can do and then people think you're really good yep couple hammer-ons couple good bendos make sure yeah couple pull-offs make sure you've got like your a minor to c to g down pat and boy oh boy you can play a lot of country songs you gotta throw that minor in there so that uh, you can play some sad songs and people know you're deep. Yeah, you're brooding, <laughs> you're an intellectual, yeah. and people should want to have sex with you. Speaking of deep. <laughs> well, I did like a little intro before I called you, but Derek Paith, everybody, one of my favorite people in the world. We did Bachelorette. We did Bachelor in Paradise together. We and were... then you gave me sage advice. See, because I don't consider you as like, we did Bachelor in Paradise together. Yeah, well, I tried to get you to come to BIP3 where I was just like a normal contestant, but you wouldn't do it. And then you came later. But it's fine. We all have our own journey, Wells. That's right. Anyways, I was just on a journey, one of um, debauchery and alcohol and celebrating the love. Our friend getting married and went to his bachelor party. And let me tell you what happened. This is the part of the, of the story that I'm going I to tell you. So let me tell you what happened, dude. And this is what happened to me last time I went to uh, Cabo. Okay. On the last night, uh, I started getting like severe bubble guts. Okay. Ooh. All right. I got a good story about this too. So this week, this is going to be a good sharing yeah, yeah, session. Yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so I started to get severe bubble guts. This is the last night. So I'm, I'm wanting to go hard and like, you know, really bring the Wells energy and everything. But I'm going to the bathroom. I start counting. And I was like, yeah. I got to go. I'm going again. So that, there was a point where I was like, going to go uh, for the seventh time tonight, guys. I think everyone was probably like, that doesn't seem healthy at all. But, you know, we're in Mexico and we've been doing the dang thing. So I put myself to bed. I want to say like around 11. Like it was, <laughs> I was very, very responsible. Like I didn't stay out late. Like I, I tried to rally, but I couldn't. Okay. So I put myself to bed around 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. My flight the next day out of Cabo was at 1030 at exactly a lot of time a lot of time to just really recharge the back this is very responsible you yeah. are you are reaching 40. I, I am on the wrong side of 30. this is very true <laughs> by the way i'm sharing a room and a bed with dean it's just dean and i sleeping together and it's a lot of yeah. him i have so many pictures of it's him a lot of sense a lot of smells guts and dean not showering yep. <laughs> Exactly. Like our, I, there was one point where I was like, our room smells like feet and vinegar. And I'm very concerned. And, and Dean's like, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm the smelly one. And I was like, actually, I don't know. And it's both of us. I know. <laughs> but like, uh, there was one day I had to air it out. Cause I was like, Jesus Christ, this is absolutely, 
That's the thing. Like you forget, like when you travel so much with a woman, they bring so many smells with them that really <laughs> mask just how absolutely disgusting men are in general. So two o'clock in the morning rolls around. I get up to go to the bathroom again for like whatever time it was. And I'm just completely just like, I'm amazed there's anything left in me. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. You you just basically, you're just sitting there. Yeah, and it's just a lot <laughs> just of like- Just in case. My body says, you know what? No more, no more butt stuff. Now we're doing mouth stuff. Oh, dude. Oh, no. So then I just start yakking up a storm, puking left and right. But there's nothing in there, so it's just like the most poisonous bile ever. This is the great way oh. to start a show, but and this is just my life, guys. So I start puking up so much, thinking like that might make me start feeling better. No, no, no. It does not make me start feeling worse. So then I go back and lay down, and I sit there, and I writhe in pain as... Montezuma gets its motherfucking revenge on me and I just writhe in pain in the fetal position until I have to go get on a van. So first of all, at like 10 o'clock, I get myself to pack, okay? And I'm having to do it all like doubled over and I shove everything in my bag, in my like golf bag. It was, like, it was a golf trip. And so, uh, you know, comes and he's like, you know, doing the thing like, man, I just want to tell you how much like, I love you and I'm, you know, I love your heart and everything. And like, give, come here. And I was like, motherfucker, do not touch me. Uh, yeah. Any wrong interaction might start waterworks out of, I'm not sure what hole in my body, but it's not going to be good. He's like, well, we're leaving. And I said, I'm coming with you guys. So I get on the van and I go, hey guys, I got to sit shotgun here. And the whole time I'm like in the fetal position. And so we're in Pedregal. And I'm sure you've ever been to Pedregal. It's like no. up on this mountain top in Cabo, right? And the whole, it's, it's, we're at the top of the tip of the top, right? The whole ride down, it's 1732 cobblestone lovey-dove in my tum-tum. And so I'm just, I'm just being like, I'm going to fucking throw up all over the place. And everyone's like, well, how we do it? And I'm like, don't fucking talk to me. Don't even fucking talk to me. So then we get to the airport. I make it there. Then we get to the airport. You learn how to meditate yeah. on this ride. Oh my God, I was fucking entering. You've reached a new place of Zen. Your so, soul left your body and was just <laughs> holding it in from the outside. <laughs> I found my asshole chakra and I was really just fucking trying to keep it clenched. So then we get to the airport. Now, go, trying to go through customs is already kind of a bitch, right? But now oh. they got this COVID you know, protocol stuff. So you have to go talk to a gay agent, show them that you've passed the test in the last two days. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, I'm concerned that I'm not going to be able to get on the plane because I am so very visibly sick that they're going to be like, you definitely have COVID, yeah. even though I have like a thing. probably super dehydrated at that point, too. So dehydrated. But I'm scared to like put any water in my body because if I do, okay. I get through like just like going through security thing. Oh, I felt so bad. Like, you know, this bunch of girls came up and yeah. oh my God, you're our favorites. And I was like, I don't really don't want to be rude, but I might throw up all over your face. I can't talk right now. Oh yeah. And I'm just <laughs> sweating like a hooker in church. So, oh, no. so anyway, so I get through security and I have to be like by myself. So I'm just like in the fetal position, just like trying to like wait for our thing to get called. And then of course they're like, Burp. 
Here we go. American Airlines flight 350 to LAX. Uh, here we go. Unfortunately, uh, we have no sky bridge, so we're going to have to go get on a bus. So then we go get on a bus. And guess what? Oh, There's no, no air conditioning on said bus. Yeah. And it's packed like sardines. So I'm in there just sweating, <laughs> being like, oh, my God, we're not going to make it. Then, this is my favorite part, we get to the airplane that has the ladder, and we're in this long line. They're cleaning the plane. They haven't finished de-COVIDizing the plane, so they're still in there cleaning. Mm -hmm. It's Cabo, so I'm sweating so much, trying not to die, and I'm sitting there being like, I'm going to go throw up by the landing gear, and then they're not going to let me go on the plane. So I get, we finally get on the plane. I just sat there and was in the fetal position the entire time, and I had to use the restroom 7 million times, but I wouldn't do it because I didn't want the rest of the plane to know that there was a good chance that I was dying inside. Then you have to go through customs. I still feel like hot death. Then I you have to go through customs. That took fucking forever. Oh, and then LAX, like trying to get a ride share back home. God bless you. Anyways, so I was telling, I was telling Sarah last night, I was like, I know that this is so like privileged of me to say, but it's kind of true. It was the hardest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the whole show. The the thank you for coming to today's episode. <laughs> Wells, I can't believe you told me this entire thing just as proof as to why I shouldn't have come and stayed with you this week. <laughs> Oh, no, that's actually not this true. It's all just one big excuse. <laughs> no, because I told you I told you that before I did this to my body. <laughs> so I was I was Wells and I were trying to see each other because it's been, I mean, basically over a year now and I'm vaccinated and like taking care of everything. So we were trying to trying to see each other before we all we had out in our, our separate directions. But then Wells ditched on me last week. I'm calling you out, buddy. As you should, and I think it's fair to do so. I don't think that I'm wrong in my thought process on it all. I'm just really worried about my body. And <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, very soon I'll have I to go. I don't want to read the text message. <laughs> okay, but let me just set the table for everybody. Obviously, I'm going to have to leave to go work for a long time. My thought was like, I just want to make sure that like I'm as healthy as can possibly be before I go do that. So I feel good doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, you read the text message. <laughs> Should I do my Wells Adams voice? Yeah, do the Wells Adams. Do it. Hey, buddy, <laughs> wanted to talk to you about your trip out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking we should have you come out and visit another time. You know, I'd love to see you and hang out, but I think I just want to try and focus on getting super healthy and think the smart thing to do would be really focus on getting ready. And I know if you come stay, I'll just be drinking tons of whiskey and getting fat. Please don't hate me. I love you, sweet prince. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I stand by this 100% because, Derek, when we are together... We stay up until very late <laughs> drinking whiskey. The funniest part about me calling you out for this is I was one day away from saying that I can't come. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, why couldn't you come? 
<laughs> I have to like fly out to New York and actually like move some of Saffron stuff around because she's she's going to be in in Europe for way longer than she thought she was going to be, mm-hmm. and basically like help her with all of that stuff. So there's like so much going on with that, and then like with moving renter, like people were moving into my rental property here and stuff, and I was like pulling my hair out, and so I just wanted to call you out before and make you squirm a little bit before telling you that I was literally just about to cancel on you. Damn it. <laughs> So close. I know. All right, YF Tears. I mean, there's a lot of sleep hacks out there. We were actually talking about noise machines earlier, but there's also like no snacking at night, yoga before bed, meditation. I try to do that. Instead of trying them all, you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl and Branch. We're talking about the best-selling sheets ever. Incredible on night one and only get softer with every single wash. Brandy and I love Bowl and Branch sheets. I truly do. I just got home from being gone for like two weeks and there's just nothing better than getting in my own bed with my cozy, cozy bedding. And for me, that is my Bull and Branch sheets. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. They feel so buttery soft, but they're so breathable at the same time. And they're perfect for the summer months ahead where it's a bit toasty out. Plus, they offer a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. That's right. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code FAVORITE at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code FAVORITE THING. Okay, so my my um, Mexico story, I'm going to shorten it because it's been, it's been a while and I don't have all of the details. But basically... So we drove from Phoenix. It was like a group of, I think it was like 15, 20 friends, which it was really cool. It's this part that's in, I don't remember the name, Punta something probably. Yeah. Or Puerto something. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that covers about, uh, I think, 80% of Mexico (laughs) on the coast. Yeah. Basically, like we rented this house that looked like it was out of Scarface. You know, it's like it it sleeps like 25 people. Mm -hmm. It had like. 12 bedrooms and then half of us were like sleeping on these enormous couches anyway it was a really fun week but it was it was about three of us that we went to uh this like hotel and they were giving us cans of drinks like we were just getting cans of beer and i think that's what like gave it to us because like something on the rim of that or whatever we were super careful about everything else but so the last two days i was like you like i was just literally i say i know i've I've been there because i was just sitting on the toilet just in case because the second i would get up and leave brandy's gonna hate us for having two shit stories to start this podcast (laughs) she'll be like ew that was such boy humor was i was literally just just sitting there and then i'm like i'm thinking we're, we're good to go i'm ready to go we're driving so we have there is like nowhere to stop on the way from phoenix to to where we were and it's like a five hour drive so the last we drive about 30 minutes and then there's a there's a gas station there and i was like guys i gotta like i just i just need one last just to make sure i'm good before before we go so i go in there and of course like a couple people went in and bought some snacks and stuff and i i do my thing no toilet paper in this bathroom (laughs) I was gonna say it's a bold move going to a Mexican gas station bathroom. I had to. Yeah. I had no choice. So I like peek out 
And I, like our phones at this time, this was long ago, enough ago that you didn't just like automatically get, you know how like US, Canada, Mexico has yeah. text kind of the like all all in one, not not at this time. And so nobody's like, everybody's phones are off. I can't just like text someone and be like, hey, can you grab some napkins and bring them in to me? So I'm just <laughs> like peeking out and I, like, I'm not going to just ask some random nice old Mexican lady who's there, you know, paying for her gas for that. So I had to just like wash myself in this with the sink. It was the most uncomfortable experience I could have, I could have ended it with. And it made me sure that I didn't want to try and stop anywhere else along the way. So. Lo siento, señorita. Yeah. Por favor, papel de la baño. Your diarrhea is muy malo. Muy malo. That's the thing, though, and that's why, like, I don't think a lot of uh, our listeners are going to be mad at, at that because, like, I feel like everyone has the Mexico got the Montezuma's revenge story. And Who, they're like, yeah. Who's Montezuma? Is that, like, the Mexican god of death? Yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> he is so angry at all of us. I know. You know, the Mexican god of I hate America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. By the way, we haven't done this yet, but we need to start the show. Do you know how to do it, or do you want me to do the whole thing, or? Bros and hoes, you're listening to your favorite pod, fav, favorite thing podcast with Wells and Derek. <laughs> Just being on a bachelor party where there were some people who were single and like we're going out, we're going to Squid Row, and blah, blah, blah. and I was like, they were all doing that, and they're like, come on, Wells, come with me. I was like, ha, ha, no, yeah. there is no amount of money. That could get me to try to go out with a bunch of dudes at nasty bars during COVID in Mexico. You're the one that ended up with Montezuma's revenge. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I do have a theory on how it happened because it's happened to me twice now. And I thought I was the smart guy in Mexico because I'll be like, don't mm -hmm. eat the lettuce because they wash the lettuce in, in the, you know, the yeah, tap exactly. water. But the way I, I think I get it. And it makes sense because you know how you have to always ask for ice there? Like, mas hielo, por favor? I drink vodka soda, like, because I can do that kind of like all night and like not feel bad the next day. But I know mm -hmm. they put ice in it. And I'm telling you, that ice, I think, comes from their tap water. And that's how I get it. You, you've you listened to the show. Do you have any favorite things, bro? I do, bro. I just watched... I started watching it because Netflix was like, hey, this is number one. <laughs> I hadn't been on Netflix in a little while. This is like a, a weird story, actually. So our family Netflix got hacked and someone just created a user that said hi. And then it was like the V for Vendetta face, you know, like the the mask. And my mom sent, sent it and was like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. And I just got this like really weird feeling mm -hmm. instantly, like in the pit of my stomach. And I was like, mom, I think like maybe I need to come look at your cat. So I like I'm in back in Waverly. So I drove over to my parents' house the next morning and I was like, Let, let's just take a look at, and Google had like 22 alerts saying, <laughs> "Your this has been found on the dark web. This password has been found on the dark web. And they, people had been trying from like 16 different countries to break into her email address. <laughs> and, and we were like changed everything, spent all this time. Yeah. Have you ever used Google? You know, when they, uh, when they suggest a password yeah. and it's like, really unnecessarily complicated yeah. yeah so basically that got changed to that and i hadn't used it in a while but Ju jupiter's legacy yeah baby it's on my list too did you see it okay good did you watch all of it yet no i'm like on episode four maybe okay i watch all of it one day wow 
Yeah, because you know what? Like I told you this a, a couple weeks ago, and this is where okay. So an, another, if I had a dinner, good good suggest is uh, was your your book, The Invisible Life of Addie Larue. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah, I've got four hours less left. I've been okay. listening to it on audiobook while I'm like doing stuff. But I've been like really getting into the fantasy sort of like escapism because the terribleness and and stuff of what we've all been going through i can't watch anything real anymore if i watch news or if i like watch documentaries or whatever kind of like even history stuff i'm just like so mad at everybody and everything so all i've been watching lately is like every fantasy kind of so this was like a new universe that i got to experience and i thought the dude that wrote it did a good job i mean he wrote kick-ass i don't know if you know that he's like uh-huh. the same guy that created kick-ass i thought they did a, a good job producing it but Here's the tag. The first generation of superheroes has kept the world safe for nearly a century. Now, their children must live up to their legacy in an epic drama that spans decades and navigates the dynamics of family, power, and loyalty. Jupiter's Legacy. The cast is really good, by the way. So it's Josh Dumel. Is it Josh Dumel or Josh Dumal? I've always said Dumel, too. Yeah. Anyways, so he is Jupiter. Josh plays a guy named Sheldon. He has a brother named Brainwave, and then his wife is uh, is is Grace Kennedy Sampson, who's played by Leslie Bibb, who's been in like a lot of stuff. They're like 200 years old, it seems like, or like 150 years yeah. old. The history part kind of takes place back in the 1930s or whatever, like right around the Depression time. Yeah, there's a lot of like Depression era influences. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of jumps back and forth between that time before he had superpowers and then present day where he has, you know, these two kids who have superpowers and, you know, one really wants to be like the one that makes his dad proud and like wants to be part of the superhero team. Then he's got this daughter who's like kind of gone off the rails and gotten into substance abuse issues and is like a model and stuff. All the while they're having to like fight stupor villains and stuff. But then it's also like keeps on going back and forth in time. So you understand like how this is all happened. And it's all predicated on the fact that Josh Dumel's character has started to be concerned about his own mortality and having the family legacy live on. And someone needs mm-hmm. to protect the, you know, the world and everything. So I'm only in on like episode four, but it looks pretty badass. And I will say this, I got a feeling the daughter that's like got the substance abuse issues is going to be like the most powerful. I agree. I was like reading stuff about it like while I was watching it because it's probably three or four seasons. It seems like at least that has like been written already from the comic books themselves. Mm -hmm. We know we're in for the long haul, which I like because I don't like to get to like get watching something and then it's just one season of it. And then, all right, well, that's all we ever get, you know? Yeah. Like, again, if I'm going to escape, I want to, I want to go. The thing I like about it so much is, any character that's like Josh Dumel's in any of these shows, they're always like, like it's a Superman or like Captain America. They're always like perfect, the perfect leader. Everybody always follows everything they ever say. And like in this case, it's kind of a mix of it, of like the boys where there's like disagreements and questions about whether he's, he's right, you know, kind of. I, I just appreciate that it's not totally written on the wall like how things are going to go so i like that little bit of a shift the humanity of it all Mm -hmm. is interesting when you're dealing with someone who really isn't technically human at this point it seems like there could be an endless amount of 
superheroes and supervillains. Like, it seems like it's something that can continue to perpetuate it upon itself. It's like a new bank robber every episode. I'm like, oh, this, that, this, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is this person's superhero power? All right, cool. And then there's one guy that's not even a superhero. He's just like a superhero stick. And the stick's badass. And it just <laughs> transports him around. <laughs> <laughs> I loved your face trying to figure out what it was. <laughs> okay, so my other favorite thing has been giving people relationship advice. Now that I've been engaged again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because I've done it twice, I'm like really good at relationships. Yeah, yeah. So, so people, more people have been coming to like Saffron and I for advice. And I love giving relationship advice. Not like, not like grand scheme. Like I don't want to, I don't want to host a show and give relationship advice to random people like knowing all of these different people because you see them go against your advice and then you can be like i told you so because there's not you don't really have skin in the game anymore yeah and my and so but this is this is my favorite my favorite thing about it is saffron always has decisions beforehand about whether people will work out the one thing that she always comes down to that is a definite no is if head shape ratios are wrong. <laughs> now, now here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. There's no science to this. Like she can't explain to me how I figure the same thing out. It's just something she knows. So, so like she just knows instantly if people's head shapes are correct for each other. <laughs> there is no actual information about how this works she swears by it so <laughs> that's so funny so what's your favorite piece of advice you've given so far it always comes back to like just a couple of things and i think that dudes want to be tough and not care and girls care too much when it comes to like well, what should I do in this situation? We've been having these like troubles. And so it's seriously, that's almost, that's like 90% of pieces of advice with the dudes. It's like, just like maybe call her. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. <laughs> like you should probably just go and talk about this with girls. It's always like, just, like just step away again. I'll say, so it's like Saffron's thing. Okay. This is hers with this is it's always, she literally, and this is never, what anybody does but any sort of like question that her friends that are girls ask she always goes just don't talk to him for three weeks <laughs> <laughs> if he's like if he like doesn't show enough interest and she's like and then you have your answer and it actually is weirdly always works Man, she's so gonna be so mad hearing that because she's gonna be like that is not how <laughs> I say. that's the worst advice ever Derek it's a weird hard world with COVID because I'm just so glad that I, that we met each other before this, because I don't know how the hell people are trying to like make sense of normal stuff like that. And then you have to get like a protractor or something and figure out like the size of your melon in comparison to the size of their <laughs> noodle. And it's got them work. I now want to like have her on to explain that better. Cause I think that's funny <laughs> and probably true. Like right off the bat, you're like his forehead's way too big and it's just going to be an issue down the road. No, it's not even that. It is literally just the whole head. Yeah. <laughs> she just makes an assessment. <laughs> What's on your list? Jupiter's Legacy was number one on my list, so I'm glad you brought that up. And then today I went down a like long and lonesome road into a documentary about, uh, did some true crime in, in Bed by oh. Nine. Have you seen Sons of Sam? No. 
I haven't. Which serial killer was that? I forget. So it's called Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness. The serial killer was a guy named David Berkowitz. He was also known as the 44 killer because he do his murders with a 44 caliber pistol. This show is about David Berkowitz or, or Son of Sam. And it, so it starts off like just explaining what happens. And obviously it takes a very long time for the NYPD to figure out who this guy is. And he's able to kill a lot of people. And then there is this journalist uh, called Mari Terry, who is like obsessed with the case and starts digging into it and finds all this stuff. It's all predicated on the fact that uh, a lot of people don't think that David Berkowitz was the only guy doing the killings because all the uh, composite uh. photos looked completely different. And then when they found him, he didn't look anything like the original composite photos. Here's the tag. The Son of Sam case grew into a lifelong obsession for journalist Maury Terry, who became convinced that the murders were linked to a satanic cult. When did you practice this voice? <laughs> did you just <laughs> jump into it? Did this just happen one day? You decided you were going to start doing that? Or, yeah, or feel, did you practice it? I feel like it's... it's A peek it, behind the curtain. What's your writing process, Wells? <laughs> well, I think it, it, it derived from, like, in a world where... Right. <laughs> two friends have a podcast. I think that's where it came from. So when I started reading... I don't know. Fuck, dude. You didn't know me back when I did had my radio, like my radio shows, but my radio shows, I created like a lot of different characters because my fucking radio station wouldn't hire other people to be on my show. So I had to like yeah, make it was just you, right? Yeah. Just you on a morning show. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd have conversations with myself with people I'd make up. No wonder you're so weird. Yeah, I know. And then I'd go, I'd go to like. It's actually not a childhood thing. It's a first job thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would go to like host beer bands and bingo at Tin Roof on a Tuesday and someone would be like, oh my God, I love so-and-so. And I'd be like, that person doesn't exist. I mean, what are you talking about? I heard them this morning. I'm like, yeah, I made them up. <laughs> you crazy person. I just want to envision you doing different voices <laughs> to yourself and the dogs as you're walking around. <laughs> well, I do with Carl, right? How's it going? Hey guys, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> Back to the Sons of Sam. The thing that's nuts to me about any of these serial killer things is, like, there's this void, I feel like, from, like, the, the 60s, 50s, 60s to the 70s where the most nuts stuff happened because, like, it's so much harder to get away with any of that stuff, you know? It is literally, like, down to as simple as that your ID has your face on it. The guy from like Oregon or Seattle or whatever that ended up killing people in seven different states because he would just go to a different state, go to the driver's license and be like, yeah, this is my name. Here's my birth certificate that he just made up. Like you can't do that stuff anymore. That had to be a freaky because I, I don't know when this happened, but I'm guessing it's probably like 70s or something like that. It just has a 70s vibe to it. August of 1977. So what's crazy about it is, is like the story itself is insane. So he was just going up to these people that were just sitting in a car, basically like at lover's lanes and stuff like that, and then just shooting them. And then he started writing in notes to the police officers and the news people calling himself the son of Sam. And Sam was a dog. And the dog was a 6,000-year-old entity telling him to go do all these murders, which is insane, right? And then so then... What happens is, is they figure out who this guy is. Finally, they figure it out. And it was something as simple as it was someone who got a parking ticket in the area of the murder that didn't live in that borough that night or something like that. And I want to ruin the whole Whoa. thing, but they figure out who it is. So then they figure out who Sam is. 
the dog was killed by this guy and it was his next door neighbor whose name was Sam, who was like, yeah, he killed my black lab. You know, he's an asshole. This guy, Maury Terry, starts going down this like really deep road of, wait, how do we know it's not actually his sons that did this? And if you, oh. then you start looking at the pictures of his sons, not David Berkowitz, they look like the composite pictures. And so, wow. so that was like, it's like really creepy. And then it starts to go in this weird satanic thing. Cause all these guys are involved in like this, like animal sacrifice and oh, all. It this. always starts with that stuff. Oh, I know. Right. I feel like you have to be darker to kill animals than people. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever watch the documentary? Don't fuck with cats. No, I didn't. That one's crazy. I didn't know. You know what? I was so, so, so like, I just always avoided it mm -hmm. because the idea of like people hurting animals weirds me out so much. Yeah. And like creeps me out so much. So I just avoided it. I never even looked that. I don't know if they, how much they show of that kind of stuff, but just like them, people just constantly talking about it. That's just like one of my weak points. I can't, I just can't even hear it. I just have to like walk away. I agree. Anyways, if you're into true crime, glass of wine and bed by nine, the sons of Sam on Netflix, very good. And also very creepy and also finished it in one day. And I still don't know what I believe. So I think that's always the best. That's the best hallmark <laughs> of a documentary is like when you're like, I don't even know, dude, I could be swayed either way. Yeah. It's worth talking about it for the next two months. That's half of it. Yeah. I have a uh, least favorite thing. It has to do going back to, me to uh, Mexican travel. <laughs> Okay. As you're going back there soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, all airlines, let's figure out fucking immigration forms already, okay? I don't need this one that's going to be written in Sanskrit. I don't remember Spanish from when I was in eighth grade in Miss Wiedenbaum's class. And also, how do you not have enough? How is there never enough immigration forms on the plane when you know exactly how many people are going to said destination? Let's get together with that. Here we are in the middle of all this doing everything to, to like slow things down, right? Yeah. And then we're like wearing masks. We've upgraded the cleaning process. And then you get off of a plane and they've got like five pens for people to fill these yeah. forms out. Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody is touching the same five pens. And it was just like you guys just put so much effort into everything else and you really failed. How did you not think about this one thing anyway? Yeah. And then also I'm never going to bring in to your country fruits and vegetables or $10,000. Who is bringing that stuff? I'm not coming to Mexico to hang out at a farm. I promise you that. Like, don't worry. I'm not <laughs> bringing any of this stuff. Okay. I need them all to be in English. Okay or like English and Spanish, but I love it that like, I'm sitting there being like, I think this is asking like, how many bags did I bring? But it also might be how many days I'm staying here. And those are very drastic number differences. <laughs> I'm surprised though, that there's whatever country you're coming from, it should be that and where you're landing. Yeah. My other favorite thing is, I love that the technology that we've gotten to for like sussing out maybe airline terrorists is, hey, touch this button. If you get a green light, you can go. If you get a red light, <laughs> you fucked. Is this a random number generator? Like, is there some Oz in the tower watching all of us being like, that guy looks like he should get a red button. There was a meeting someday that they were like, you know what we should do? 
let's just have a button. And if you get green, you can go. And if you get red, uh, then you got to go through the little x-ray machine again. You know what it is? Well, it's head shape ratios, I bet. Yep. It's not, it's not a science. There's somebody back there that they are just an expert at it. Do you have anything else? Do you have music or books or anything? I've been, because I'm back here in, in my hometown, like this is this, this house that I've, my sister has been renting for me for like a really long time and they bought their own place. But I had like a whole bunch of stuff here mm-hmm. that was like my boxes from my parents' house when they were like, all right, we're turning this into a workout room. Yeah. Take all your stuff. And then I just moved it over here and left it with my sister for, because <laughs> I was moving all over the place. So I've been cleaning out. So this is my least favorite thing, mm. I guess. How come Beanie Babies were never worth anything? <laughs> <laughs> I know this joke has been made a million times on yeah. like Instagram, but it actually happened to me. And I was like, why did we buy this shit? Yeah. Why, why did we think that a little animal or like a fake animal with tiny little beads inside was going to be worth $100 or whatever? And it was like, gonna, do you remember going to McDonald's? And getting those things. I remember the tie-dye princess dye one was the one that was everyone was like, I got to get that one. It's like a fucking Babe Ruth rookie card. It's going to be worth so much money. So <laughs> do you have the princess dye one? I don't think so. Uh, okay. There's like a hundred of them, though, that I took to Goodwill. and Well, actually, the local. Don't take your stuff to Goodwill. They're they're a prop, for-profit corporation. I don't – I'm anti-Goodwill. Wow. Um, I went to Trinkets and Togs, my local, <laughs> my local um, Waverly, Iowa – donation place here's my next question what do i do with my old baseball cards Mm. (laughs) which i loved to look at like how do i know if it's worth something or do i just throw them all out or give them give them away like murray kondo this stuff so that somebody else can find the two thousand dollar card after spending you know 35 hours looking through all of these cards yeah you got to go to antiques roadshow which by the way one of my favorite shows ever uh see if anything's worth anything and then okay here's my here's my last one okay do you want to learn how to play magic the gathering with me on skype because i found my magic the gathering cards from when i was the kid that went and stayed inside for recess yeah and played Magic the Gathering with my two other friends that played Magic the Gathering instead of going outside to play for recess. Just so I know, because I was cool and I didn't do this, um, <laughs> is Magic the Gathering similar to like Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, it's way more like Dungeon and Dragons-y, but it's it's like the same as Pokemon. Okay. But it was the predecessor, but it's more it's more like Lord of the Rings. I do not want to do that. But thank you for asking me. Also, don't believe you had two friends to go play this with at recess. Feel like it was your teacher and an imaginary friend named Leonard. <laughs> all right. Okay, that's all. That's all I have. Okay. You got any musics? I do Pandora all the time mm-hmm. because I don't like thinking about what I'm going to listen to. And I did start listening to like my Angels and Angels and Airwaves Pandora station. Yeah. And Death Cab for Cutie lately, like both of those stations have been really playing. So I've really been returning to my <laughs> my uh, teenage years where I, I, I and younger, I guess, with these Magic Gathering cards and then trying to listen to like music that makes me think of when I had no responsibilities. Yeah. Just better times. I saw that Modest Mouse put out some new stuff and really? uh, yeah, I mean, I was a big float on guy anyways this is i guess title track called we are 
between that I thought I'd give it a play to. Kind of interesting because it's got like this modest mouse meets like a red hot chili peppers vibe to it. I think it's the mm -hmm. bass line, like it's like a flea bass line that I'm getting out of it. Anyways, I like that. And then I don't know if you ever got into this band called Wild Rivers, but I really love this band. And this is uh, Love Gone Wrong from their acoustic demos. And this was all my release radar recently. Like laughing till you can't breathe, tripping on your own feet. Dancing to a heartbreak song It's like love gone wrong Trust in what you can't see You can try it but it ain't free It was fine until you came along Now it's love gone I tried to make sense of All the best of And all the rest that comes Well it I like those guys' dynamic, and I like that, I don't know if it's a producer or it's just like the band's decision, but they put the female vocalist out a little more front and center than the other guy that's singing with the harmonies. And whatever that juxtaposition is with like hers taking over a little bit more of the sonic space, I just fucking love it. It just sounds to me so good that they've like made that decision. And um, anyways, Wild Rivers is great. I always have so much respect for any band who can still sound good. I, it, this is such a low bar, yeah. but you put out like a live sound or an acoustic sound and it's and it's as good, if if not better. Yeah. Like that's a big thing for me. If people can't do that, like if your music is made in a lab, I just I don't like that totally understand it when you can have 45 harmony tracks you know like really yeah. fill something out all right that's dope for your record but when we go on tour and i go see you guys exactly. am i gonna get I a completely different yeah exactly yeah Ex that's that's exactly what i mean because like i'm all about whether a live show is still enjoyable in this in the way that like i'm not gonna come and be like Ugh, I don't really like that song, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be disappointed in your performance. That's what she said. <laughs> All right, I think that's everything. I think we got it. We got it. We've solved the world's problems. And also, hey, guys, out there, if you're dating someone with whose head is just a fucking different shape, <laughs> get it together, okay? If you're not sure what to do, <laughs> women, don't talk to him for three weeks. Yeah. Men, call her right now. Just call her. <laughs> All right, before we finish this, we need to go through a couple uh, Patreon things real quick. By the way, live shows for all Tier 2 patrons is coming up this Friday, 
5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you uh, tune in for that. It'll be actually the first time that I have a drink since uh, the goddess Rhea attacked me in Mexico. Also, by the way, mugs are on their way. They've been shipped out to everyone who has been a tier two patron for three months. There you go. And real quick, we have to do some erotic grandpa shout outs. Shout out to Whitney K from Texas. What's crazy is that I have a sister named Whitney who does live in Texas, but her last name does not start with a K, so I don't think it's my sister. Also, I'm pretty sure that nobody listens to my show and my family because they're all highly disappointed. Also, shout out to Laura J from Tennessee. I dated a Laura from Tennessee once, back in the day. She was beautiful. I'm sure just like Laura J. Shout out to Jessica W. from Tennessee. Everyone is from the Volunteer State. How exciting. Shout out to Danielle R. from North Carolina. I do love North Carolina. I believe it's the better of the two Carolinas. They're on top, if you will. (laughs) That's a good grandpa joke. Shout out to Jennifer M. from New Mexico. Also, big shout out to our neighbors from the north, Erica Jade M., How many names must you have, Erica? It's too many. But you're from British Columbia, which is a beautiful part of the country where they name people way too many names. Also, shout out to Emily L. from Minnesota. Shout out to Sarah M. from Texas. And Kayla S. from Kentucky. Oh, I do love Lexington. And that's actually kind of it from Kentucky. Oh, and the Big old erotic grandpa shout out to Brooke K from Oregon, who apparently just got married and is now on her honeymoon right now with her husband, Kevin, who is also a big fan of the show, which is a fucking lie sent to me by my producers because we know that men do not like this show. And if Kevin does listen to the show, it's only because Brooke makes him listen to it or else she's going to get divorced, which should be the quickest marriage since Paris Hilton, probably. I'm not sure. Anyways, this has been Erotic Grandpas. I bet, I bet you kids out there don't know that Erotic Grandpa does have a girlfriend, and it's Derek's grandmother. Well, Derek, this is your grandmother, and I'm so thankful that you came on the show. I've missed you so much. You're such a sweetie pie pumpkin eater, and I love you very, very much. Listen, hi, Wells. This is your grandmother. Uh, I heard you in Mexico, and I just want to make sure that you didn't have any of that ice because I know how it gives you the bubble guts and makes you uh, not so happy all the time, and, and you need to be happy and feeling good for your girlfriend, uh, fiance, whatever she's called. And uh, I just want you to to make sure that you're taking care of the house while she's gone and not treating it bad because you don't feel good. I like how your grandma smokes a little more cigarettes than my grandma does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how we just started doing that. I always forget, but we just did. Oh, I haven't called you and left you a message like that in a while. I need to get back on that. It's always good because you never answer your phone. So I'm always I'm always <laughs> offered know. I'm always offered a platform to do something like that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I love you so much and I do miss you. And I'm sorry we're not gonna hang out, but um I'm also feel like weirdly better about it because you were gonna bail on me anyways. So <laughs> we'll make it happen sometime. Yeah. 
All right. Well, everyone out there, I would assume that all of our listeners know who you are and where to follow you. But if they don't, where do they need to go? Uh, Google Derek Pate. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> and also Google his mom for uh, passwords to his... <laughs> To his Netflix. <laughs> oh no, my mom's gonna get a happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Sorry, mom. See you later, everybody. We love ya. You can try it, but it ain't free. It was fine until you came along. Now it's love gone wrong. Love gone. Love gone. I'm Natalie Barbu, host of The Real Real Podcast, where we go behind the highlight reel to find out what's really going on in the lives of content creators, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. After quitting my corporate job to start my own businesses, I realized that while things might look glamorous on our Instagram feeds, things can get real behind the scenes. You can listen to The Real Real every Monday to start off your week with some realness and inspiration. Find my podcast wherever you're listening right now and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a beat. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.